Wig, but it's in New York, and I'm so upset. When <laughs> Honestly, I though, you're go- you need to repost when we when we put this I w- up. You need to repost true. the photo of you. And did the you Phil see Spector that, Carolina? Wig. No, but I want to. I I need to. Please it's, send it I'm, to me when you get a chance. A I'm texting it to you while we record. Wig. All right, yeah, Brooke, perfect. you can set the stage while I'm sending this to Carolina. Okay, please. So do. last week we discussed the life and times uh, and tantrums of mm, a young Phil Spector a rising music industry star who eventually became a kind of an irrelevant, but a clinging, setting star. clinging, a setting star, clinging to his relevancy, clinging to his power, um, music producer in the early 2000s. Uh, we talked about the murder, the murder of actress Lana Clarkson. And now we're going to get into the actual trial um, which is kind of, you know, we are a legal and politics brought a podcast. So this is kind of where we get into like the details of things. Um, we love our arts and culture intersecting with the law. Um, so, oh, oh it happens a lot. Persuasive. It's yeah, really a very common thing. One cannot exist without the other, but this is exceedingly <laughs> persuasive. I'm Mackenzie Brennan. I am Brooke Rogers, and we are joined by the wonderful Carolina Hidalgo from No Dogs in Space, the music podcast, and Professional Friends, and so many other wonderful places. Our um, resident Phil Spector export. Can we Phil Spec? No. Phil Spec. Phil Spexpert. Phil Spexpert. That, like that sounds. That sounds like a parody porn that I would love to do sometimes. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Yes, the, I like, want a wall sets. of moans. Yes. Oh my god! Because I will be a producer. I feel like I can produce mm. this. A wall yeah. of sound of moans. You're right. Yeah, and the sets for that, the costumes. Um, I just texted Carolina a photo of my Phil Spector Halloween costume, which was like I think either right before or right after he died, which is part of why. We're making an excuse to record this now. It would have been right now. before, I think, because mm, I think he died yeah, in right. He died. He, he died you're around right. January. Yeah, I think after he got mm. a, uh, tested positive for COVID. I'm not 100 percent oh, sure yeah. if he died yeah. of COVID, but I, I think it was he complications was from man. COVID. But yeah. he wouldn't have. The idea is probably he probably in wouldn't prison. have died had he not gotten it. But uh, yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't crazy old, was he? He, he, I, I don't think, I mean, he was born in 1939, so he was, so he was younger than my he grandma was not young now. Yes. Yeah. Everything yeah. changes when you have <laughs> old relatives. Bird. You're like, oh, 90, that's oh, well, spring chicken. You know, <laughs> once you, yeah, once you hit 60, you're not young anymore. That's what my mom says. And I'm going to go with okay. her on that one. Yeah. All so. right. That That's fair. But yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> um, I still have some good years left then. But uh, yeah, so well, hopefully you're not going to use any of those to kill anyone, which is what we are talking about now. Nor did Phil Spector, maybe. But perhaps. He so- definitely used them to threaten people and to be a consummate asshole. But yes. that's our legal right as Americans and people of this world. 
I, it's not, it's not our legal right to threaten people with guns, which we will get into in the, in the trial, oh, yeah, the trial part of this. Um, so just, just, just to remind you all of where we are, um, it is 2003 and actress Lana Clarkson, uh, was found dead via a gunshot wound from the inside of the mouth and the home of music producer, Phil Spector. I'm sorry, uh, home, the castle. I'm sorry. The, yes. The illustrious mansion of Philip Spector, Hardy Philip Spector. Um, the Phil got himself a real uh, star-studded legal defense team, including Leslie Abramson of Menendez Brothers fame, mm-hmm. uh, Lisa Kenny Baden, who defended Aaron Hernandez and was on Casey Anthony's defense team, and Bruce Cutler, who defended John Gotti. So it's a real who's who of defending assholes. Uh, And they knew what they were doing. They'd worked with difficult people before. They'd worked with absolutely guilty people before. And then they got on to uh, Phil Spector's defense team. So I'm coming out pro Menendez brother innocence. They may may not have been fully what is all, you're 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 just suddenly having all of these opinions on on people who are convicted of murder Mackenzie I didn't know this okay they definitely killed the parents but in terms of what was justified as like a battered person syndrome ah yeah um, should they have been convicted I so guess. Yeah, it's more yeah, of a lawyer there. perspective in the, well yeah and a- also Again, which is what we're going to talk about today, it's an evidentiary, it's first an evidentiary perspective, which is um, what do the jurors who are so sequestered and not allowed to see, ideally, not allowed to see and hear things that don't come in at trial. So things that we may know now, um, they didn't necessarily know. Uh, But things that both for the Menendez brothers, actually, and for Phil Spector, there were disputes within the jurors that led to a mistrial the first time that mm-hmm. then the evidence was not introduced that created those disputes the second time and in Menendez and uh, Phil Spector, then there was a guilty verdict. So, so Ken's, why don't you that. lay out the uh, arguments, the, the basic arguments from both the prosecution and the defense? Sure. For and, and this- against. I might need your guys' help because this is um, potentially a longer process than just a summary. But I can say in summary that um, there, so yes, there was a mistrial the first time, which means that the jury could not reach a consensus on guilt or innocence. And that was when uh, Linda? Linda, uh, Lisa, Lisa, let me make sure that's actually right. Because now I'm second guessing it. My ex-wife, Linda. (laughs) <laughs> I miss you, Linda. Come I'm back. Kenny Baden. <laughs> Linda, I love you. If you're listening. <laughs> Not Kennedy. Wait, wait, wait. Is that right? Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the book just in case. Just in case. It's Linda Kenny Baden. Well, Linda the, Kenny Baden. The one played by Helen Mirren mm-hmm. in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she was um, counsel at the, the first trial. She did a lot of the work. And she got a lot of evidence admitted that, um, you know, there are a lot of evidentiary rules that don't necessarily um, resonate potentially with the public because there are things that may be relevant. Here's an example that will play in a lot in this case. And that as, you know, I feel torn bringing it up. We talked a lot in our part one about grappling with artists especially from this time period, who were assholes and oftentimes criminally assholes. Um, But 
you're endeared to them either because of music taste or whatever. But there's usually a bar on evidence of prior misdeeds. Um, they call it propensity evidence. So using evidence of doing something bad in the past, just in general, as evidence that you did this thing. And so a good example, I think that I gave you guys, which it, it's more on the victim side, but the evidentiary rule does apply to both sides. But um, it's very similar to rape shield laws. So you can't bring out in a rape trial evidence that the victim had sex with people in the past to be like, hey, look, she was probably asking for it this night. Um, Just because they consented even to um, yes. the person who they are charging with rape in previous cases does not mean that they consented during this specific case. So and I understand so, why these and, rules yeah. are in place. So in yeah. this case, it would be that just because he had been arrested for pulling out a gun and pointing at someone uh, and, uh, you know, Apparently prior, frequently did that. Yes. Yeah. And he actually did frequently do that. But like the, the couple of times that he was arrested and charged with a misdemeanor of having like a, a weapon in public and everything. Uh, do you, are you saying like that doesn't count? So that actually, the the charged misdemeanors did come in. I think the biggest conflict was for uncharged. So for uncharged criminal conduct um, that is alleged, but what it really comes down to is less whether it was charged or not and more if there's a pattern because you simply cannot, in a fairness sense, and I know we, you know, we collectively see a lot of the flaws with the criminal justice system, which are definitely valid. Yeah. But I think this is a good thing that it's kind of the inverse of boy who cried wolf or something that you can't use evidence that somebody did or didn't do something so many times in the past as evidence that they did something of this caliber when the stakes are so high. Yeah. You can't and I say, will, yeah. I will say this. So we're kind of dancing around exactly what we're talking about here. Um, yeah. And I, so we mentioned this before that Mackenzie is um, laying out the case that uh, in this episode, we'll lay out the case that um, he may have done it. He may not have done it, but there were definitely problems with the trial and, and whether or not he did it beyond a reasonable doubt. From which is non, the standard for a conviction. Right, which is, is the standard for a criminal conviction. From a non-lawyer perspective, my personal opinion is that he did do it. And the, ev the evidence that is presented in this particular situation that we're talking about here is part of the reason why. So maybe you're right that it kind of like, it definitely does sway opinion. And what happened was several women, I believe four or five women came four, forward, yeah. four women came forward during the trial and said that um, Phil Spector at one time or another had actually uh, forced them at gunpoint to stay in his house. Um, either they had uh, spurned his advances or something or had wanted to leave. And he pulled so, it on them and said, you can't leave your stain, which like, I think he threatened that. I don't know if he kept all of them. I know he threatened all of them after they spurned him. Yeah. Um, and but he had a he had a record of threatening women in his house with guns when they wanted to leave. And that to me or didn't want to sleep with him or didn't want to sleep with him, which if that does result in any kind of sex, in my opinion, is like very clear cut sexual so you know what I mean like it's like it, that. oh that yeah is, I mean as a separate yeah. thing I I don't know that it did in any of these cases and honestly for these purposes it's not uh, it's not relevant for, yeah for, yeah for, and for again murder thing I yeah. say this as as a 
it's weird to say this as a feminist because I, yeah, again, don't defend him as a person. Um, I'm sure that he did shitty things and I don't even kind of question it, but you're adding to that number of women who attested to that, like the likes of John Lennon. And uh, did you say Joey or Johnny Ramone who saw him wielding a gun? Like many people saw him yeah. wielding a gun this was something he did a lot leonard um, cohen regular. even said himself oh, while they were go. recording leonard cohen's like he he has a, a famous story where phil Spector just kind of put his arm around uh <laughs> leonard and then put a gun to his face and like uh, to his neck and said leonard i love you and leonard kind of like kind of a little nervous but a little like kind of joking like if he just like pushed the gun away with his hands but uh. man i hope you do and so like i mean <laughs> see so, what a guy I love yeah him. i know like so this is a lot of this is where like phil specter I, I feel like as we talked about being like a very very uh uh, just successful rec- uh, recording artist, uh, recording producer. And then uh, later on, of course, having achieved all this success, kind of believing his own hype and also and a very uh, ill man, I think just, just kind of falling into the legend of uh, the, the lore and just becoming that um, just getting more and more abrasive as time goes by. Or maybe that's always what he has been. And then he had the opportunity to be able to do this. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, guns, you know, guns were a big part of how he expressed that. I think that there were, I think it was a power thing, you know, like the, like yeah. the little was. guy with he was a very Lamborghini. Like and he was bullied too something. as a, as a younger person because of the same traits that you still see throughout his life, which is the weirdness and the social, uh, just incompetence. Yeah. Okay. Kind of yeah. like the the Grinch who stole Christmas and like you know how he but with a like gun. He goes, yeah, but with a gun. Like you know how he goes back and and he thinks about like being teased and they all laugh yeah. at him and he's like, yeah. oh, I'll show them. I'm I'm living my best life here in this cave all me. by myself. You know, staring into the abyss. Can't cancel that. You know, all that <laughs> business. I feel like Phil Spector kind of yeah. had that thing mm-hmm. uh, where that he mentality. and now I'm strong. You can never take me down. That uh, and yeah. with alcoholism and mental illness that he had been treating, but it still wasn't enough because he continued to drink anyways. And also yeah, maybe, his paranoid you know, thoughts. quote unquote treating. I don't know if he was doing everything that was recommended. Yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're drinking true. heavily and you're taking medication and you have and not you know, conducting yourself illness, in a way that's, it, that's a really bad combination. Cognitive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not an excuse, but this might be like a way to like kind of explain how yeah. Scene, yeah how did we get here <laughs> you know yeah. that kind of thing yeah how did this have how did it end up in a murder and like i said to you guys or last de- time, at least the death of somebody right yeah, exactly for this like, one yeah uh, like you know like i said last time like johnny ramone saying like i'm surprised he didn't shoot every someone every year because yeah. he had loaded weapons on him like you said like uh he had in, in his boots he had harnesses right on the side because he felt protected he was so paranoid actually he he That's was Always pretty paranoid uh, from the get go. He would bring in guns, even though people would be like, this is a recording studio. Who's going to, you know, why do you need this protection? And he always had bodyguards, of course. And then when John Lennon was shot right outside his house at the Dakota building in 1979, I feel like that was also another big turning point for Phil Spector being like, now I need to really amp up the guns uh, Mm -hmm. because I'm not safe Which is such a fallacious argument, like you hear in so many um, gun debate contexts, which is like, oh, if I am the quote unquote good guy with a gun, I'll be okay. It's like, no, 
But what if you're the shitty guy with a gun? Gonna, you know? And also, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're the are hero you in your own story, but... Have yeah. the impulse that is that good that you can deter... Like, no. And if you do, then you could probably disarm them self-defense-wise before yeah. you could shoot them back. But the fact is that that's really not the problem. It's all these goddamn guns everywhere with crazy people. So... Yeah. Well, yeah, and he... Uh, so and I say that as a mentally ill person. I don't mean to <laughs> besmirch. I, I know I said crazy people. I say that comfortably with Phil Spector because he made choices that were crazy and were, he had all the resources in the world and um, yeah. he made very bad choices. But That's I do true. love his music. Well, yeah, before right before we get into trial real fast, I do think mm. that he it was an accidental situation uh, to some Which, extent. That, that's my personal opinion on it. It was accidental, but I do change... think he killed her. Yeah. Okay, so that, but even that does change the sentence which left him, because I think you can argue, I don't know enough to, to say this, certainly, but that the length of the sentence was what killed him, especially if you factor in the COVID risk that came with, and I know, Brooke, you and I have talked about it in other contexts, mm -hmm. that detention in a carceral facility in COVID took on a very different meaning because it's basically a breeding ground for airborne viruses. Yeah. So it, if you add somebody who is such a risk factor due to age and definitely none of the safety controls that we had even in like nursing homes, which you saw issues mm -hmm. there too, but like, yeah, this essentially ended up killing him potentially because of the length of the sentence, which was due to what he was convicted of. Right. So just, just to lay out um, kind of without without any commentary one way or the other, uh, what evidence we're dealing with. The night of uh, both Phil, Philip Spector and Lana Clarkson were inebriated. Uh, Phil Spector, obviously, as we said before, had been drinking all night and Lana Clarkson had a 0.12% blood alcohol level in her system, which is above the legal limit to drive. And she also had a Vicodin in her system, which uh, I believe on it was submitted into evidence that, that was for headaches or something, but they do interact poorly. It's um, an opioid, which, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And them with alcohol, they tend to produce similar effects to one another. Um, so so yeah. that does just say that like, neither of them were fully... Uh, at, at their best judgment making levels. And also being at like five in the morning, I guess. Yeah, and depressants. Absolutely. Yeah, they're all depressants too. I mean, you think of the classic uppers and downers. Um, and this is not fully, well, it doesn't fully lean in one direction in terms of evidence, but it is objective truth that both alcohol and opioids are downers. And as a lot of us who have depression can attest, if you're in a place where you are considering that sort of thing, it can spiral more quickly if you are on downers. If you yeah. are drinking and if you're taking opioids, that is the direction that you can go. Absolutely. Um, uh, some other evidence that was submitted, both Lana and Phil Spector had uh, gunpowder residue on their hands. Lana had a lot more. Phil just had a little bit. Um, and... Uh, the, the jacket that Phil was wearing, which turns out to be a big, um, a big point that the defense used, it did have some blood splatter, but it had very little. There were pin pinpricks on. He was wearing a white jacket, and there were uh, pinprick uh, pinpoints on his um, sleeve that were covered in blood, and there was a little bit on his uh, front jacket. 
but it was not a whole lot. And something the defense did use later on is that you would expect there to be a lot more blood had he been very close to her. And the, the, they argued that he must've been about 10 feet away. He said he was about 10 feet away at the time, but- And that fits with the accident, doesn't it? Well, that, I mean, in the, the defense's uh, defense, I guess, if I could say that, I mean, yeah. that, that could make sense in, in the way that maybe she had the gun in her mouth or she was mess or she was just playing around with the gun and he stretched out his arm and be like, no, stop or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or walked in, startled her and she pulled it out. And like we were saying in the last episode that it was even potentially like started as some ideation on her point that she had it in her mouth, but then she was startled and pulled it out and then accidentally triggered it by the, so the there are like impulse. several situations where you could see this being an accident. Also, even if it wasn't ideation, I could definitely see it being them just playing around with guns. I mean, oh, it God, seems like if right? he was so cavalier with oh. the way that he waved guns around, like you, like Carolina said, he would hold it to the faces of people that he wasn't even angry with, that he was just quote unquote playing with. And in um, his house, I mean, it's like a playground full of guns with yeah. drunk drug trash. People. Like he was, yeah, but they're like both the, trashed and they're playing yeah. in a gun well, house. I, I feel like he was trashed. I feel like she was sober for the most part. I well, thought at least she was, when they're coming in and like she had to hold. She had been drinking until she got so the when house. she yeah. yeah, when she died, she was almost twice the legal limit plus Vicodin. So that is pretty significant uh, intoxication, at least in terms of what it does to your mind. Um, no, that's a good point, because so, uh, from when I read about her, she was very much into wellness. She didn't drink much alcohol. And when people mm, don't drink alcohol very often, they, they, low have, tolerance, and yeah. all, they don't have much of a tolerance. And also she was you know, a petite woman. She was like a beautiful, yeah. you know, blonde bombshell Movie kind of person. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm trying to say this in all fairness, even though I think that he did it. But yeah. but like, no, I do. I, we but look at all sides of this. You have to do is, yeah. is that you have to look at the objective truth because and this may get far afield but I was thinking about what people have said we're recording this the day after uh Derek Chauvin was convicted on all three counts of murdering uh George Floyd and I think when we have a world where it's so easy to decide that um it's okay for somebody to die if we decide they're a bad person as some people on one side of the aisle are saying of George Floyd, it makes it so much easier for a lot of stuff to erode in the system. Um, so even if you don't, yeah. yeah. So even if you don't love the, the individual victim or perpetrator or whatever, I think you have to look at these things to keep the way that we think um, pretty objective and, you know, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like we know he's guilty, but is he guilty of this certain thing? Like we know he's a bad dude. We know he's guilty of being an be asshole, in jail. abuser. Yeah. Um, but did he deserve to rot in a carceral facility based on who we leave out? And was it helping him or was it, you know, yeah. what are our goals in terms of that? Yeah. So the with all of like this evidence that you have of it's to, in my opinion, it's kind of, it's a very interesting case because um, like I said before, I do believe that he is responsible for her death and probably did have his hand on the gun or um, because of the gunshot residue on his hand and um, just his previous uh, his previous, his past with handling antics. Guns. Yeah. It's, it's a case where, the forensics actually do side with the defense in many ways. The lack of gun, uh, the lack of blood splatter on his jacket, 
the um certain I mean, certain there, aspects of the forensics. There was a little too. bit of there was a yeah, little he, bit of blood blood splatter. I mean, yeah, okay, he did okay. he did have some residue, and it it is not proven that he absolutely definitely would have had more. We don't know exactly where the blood would have gone, but because a lot general, of it I think contained when contained you do have an mouth. intraoral shot there tends mm-hmm. to be less because it, it you know there's a natural barrier oh, yeah. to that mm-hmm. i've seen my um, blue heaven when steve martin is in trial he's like you know with a 38 it just got a zigzags in your head Dad. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah there but, was like blood on her face and her and some of her teeth had actually come out on the carpet to the i believe the right of her um and if he had been standing at an angle where he uh, at a different angle facing her from um a, the, from her left side it, i could see where not as much blood would have gotten on him but the the defense did have very strong points where they could point to and say like the forensics do um benefit phil specter in that way and i think that I, i'd add here that there were some forensic um errors that also suggested things that would have favored the defense more. So one thing that came out in the first trial, which was when uh, Lisa Bodden, Kenny Bodden? Linda Kenny Bodden, yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't Linda. No, it is Linda, it wasn't Lisa. We're getting there. It's it's very it's, it's very like <laughs> 1950s, 60s names. Yeah. The one chick with the L and the B and the K who uh, was in the first LKB trial. from now on, like L, like LKB. Know. There we go. LKB was in the first trial that ended in a mistrial. She got pneumonia and was ill for the second one, so she couldn't be there. She um, her advocacy got in a lot of the forensic evidence and kept out um, some of. Well, no, I don't even know that that's true. I don't think in it kept event. out a lot of the other yeah. like anecdotal evidence that they, yeah. like the, the testimonies and things like that. But the, the point being that after her um, representation of him, there was some testimony that the initial examining coroner representative who looked at Lana Clarkson's clothing did what's called a tape lift to... Um, potentially pick up fibers from somebody's clothing but that is not an advisable strategy apparently um especially when there's question about blood spatter or where certain things land so that gal who who did the tape lift was she said that she didn't compromise evidence which of course you know as you will um but she did admit that she was later called into the coroner's office to explain her procedures and her best defense for why that definitely didn't pick up any of the blood splatter, which could have been exonerating to Phil Spector because it could have yielded more in the area that would suggest suicide, um, was that she didn't know because she didn't check the tape for blood stains that could have been lifted. Um, it is it is like so, and i think not great important to note that yes the, the the tactics that were used were not like 100 the best tactics that could have been used but the coroner did determine in that case that um they believed it was a homicide not a suicide so that is kind of a based check on what yeah the based on what she box. did yeah um yeah so that but then later they did call this gal in and say like hey why did you use that procedure mm-hmm. um so that is 
tricky because with so many of these cases where you question guilt versus innocence, you're relying on the experts in the very, very early stages of these things. And when the expert does something that not only screws with their own initial conclusion, but potentially skews the defense's defense, um, that does raise a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think what's important to note here is that Phil Spector is being tried for second degree murder. This Mm -hmm. is so when, when, what Carolina and I, you know, when we're saying like, we do think that he was responsible. We do think that he likely had his hand on the gun or was like involved in somehow, but involved in some way, but it could have been an accident struggle or for the gun or something along those lines. Um, I mean, I guess, of course it was definitely a second degree in the sense of like, I mean, Correct well, me if I'm wrong. If I remember, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you. Usually, like, is not accidental. Um, it would be it's like, like you, in the moment you want to do it, but um, premeditated. That's typically what, is that's what yeah. does first. Oh, so okay, yeah. you could see uh, like manslaughter could be intentional manslaughter is oftentimes a category. I don't know California law as well, but intentional manslaughter can be what's called heat of passion, which is like I'm really pissed off for some reason yeah um and that's kind of where it could be unintentional manslaughter which is like a a misfire of a gun Mm -hmm. so like okay okay mishandling of a weapon and then and the sentences are drastically different i mean we're talking it's possibly unintentional manslaughter in that sense because he always a couple years phil specter had been known for keeping as i said before like lots of guns in his boots and you know he have guns everywhere it was just his way of showing his masculinity because he felt like he had none or a very little amount and so it might it it was just him being like look i'm a big guy now i I, him wanting to be a murderer doesn't seem very likely like not one he i don't think he wanted to murder anyone obviously he didn't have that plan he just wanted to score with a pretty girl but. And that's where I fall on this is that I I believe that he is responsible for Lana Clarkson's death, likely did have his hand on or near the gun, Is has this history of waving guns around, pointing guns at women, threatening women with guns, should have gone to prison. But I think it's probably closer to intentional manslaughter where they, they were both drunk. It was the heat of the moment. Maybe he convinced her to put it in her mouth or she did it as a joke and then he had his hand on the gun in some way and that's how he got gunpowder residue on it. Or like they were like, it it was because of his, um, because of his mishandling of a firearm, but it probably wasn't, it definitely wasn't premeditated in my mind. And it likely did not rise to the uh, degree of second degree murder, but I do think that he should have gone to prison for it. He may just, maybe just shouldn't have gotten this sentence. That's where I fall on this. Yeah. Cause then even like, if we're talking about should have gone to prison, that's also, you're taking into account not only the, the charge and the evidence, but the sentencing brackets that they're working with, which, for better or worse, is a totally different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the but, first trial, it should be noted, as you said, it was a hung jury and it yeah. was uh, 10 wanted to convict and two wanted to acquit and the judge would not consider a lesser sentence. So there, it, yeah. it's possible that had he allowed the jury to consider a lesser sentence in that case, uh, he would have been uh, found guilty of intentional manslaughter or unintentional manslaughter sure. or something like that in that case. Um, but as we said, that it was declared a mistrial because of the hung jury. And yeah. that was the case with Linda Kenny uh, Baden, where LKB. she, LKB, where she did 
um, make sure that certain evidence was presented in front of the jury that was not presented in front of the jury for the second trial. Okay, so you, yeah. So we, we can so get we want to be fair about this uh, because, as you said, if it sets a precedent, that means like no one's safe, even the eccentric ones and eccentric people can, you know, run free and we know they're not murderers kind of thing. Yeah, because so, I like remember that and OJ is a great example of this, that there's there's not just the public opinion element, which is its own separate third, but criminal is you have to believe that they're guilty of murder in this case beyond a reasonable doubt um if you're doing a civil culpability or like liability oh, yeah. for it's death it's totally his fault it's, yeah because <laughs> otherwise but, then, not but even died. there would be murder like but even there would be like is he uh civilly liable for murder or for like there would even be different levels there but there it's like um a 51 percent to 49 percent of evidence that you need to find but then there's the public opinion piece, which obviously has no arbiter. But for this, it's like, you must believe that he murdered her in the second degree, not even third, um, beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's based on the evidence that's presented. Obviously, there's public opinion that can't help but sway things. And then there's it's also hard. the fact- It gets emotional, yeah. He, he yeah. goes to trial with a perm. Uh, uh, why? I think that that is something that's so important about all of this. Not only is he just so inherently unlikable, un unlikable. He gets <laughs> yeah. under people's skin. I was like, watching. Why do you like this? <laughs> and I was, it was driving me insane. I'm like, why are you? He he, he comes off like a narcissist. He is. Uh, he, he, he doesn't show any remorse for this woman who died. There's a couple times where you're like, you know, I'm sorry that you know, like he like kind of like gives this offhanded like it's a shame that this this woman died and my but like she killed herself in my in my house. Like how how rude is that? Like he's so. And if you are on that side of things, like imagine you are in that position and somebody mm -hmm. did just kill like somebody you didn't know killed themselves in your house and you had no social filter. I can buy that. That you're like, why the fuck am I here? This but killer the most of us. But then he told the. Oh, of course, I know. We talked about the driver not uh, English not being his first language, but him like being like, I think I killed someone. Yeah. I mean, already. And that is consistent. I could see that being consistent with an accident too. If he startled somebody, came into the room, and she pulled the gun out, and and he's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I, I think I. So yeah. one of the defense's theories was that um, Lana Clarkson had the the pistol in her mouth and oh we should have done like a a trigger warning a literal and theoretical trigger warning she had that she had um the gun in her mouth and it's possible so what what phil said happened was that uh she like put the gun in her he, she or what her what his team said because it, it doesn't have to be his testimony of what happened it's more just like his lawyer say this on his behalf which right. is a little bit different for practical sense yeah it's, they, they didn't even technically have to prove that she had suicidal ideations or that she went there and like was like, I'm going to kill myself. It could have been where she was just like fooling around with this gun and she put it in her mouth. And what they, what his legal team said happened is that he ran in said no. And she went to go pull it out and the front, the, the front scope got caught on her teeth. And because, and this is a great lesson in trigger discipline, mm -hmm. because uh, her finger may have been on the trigger. And when she pulled and it got caught, her finger depressed the trigger and it shot her. Now, um, uh, just in general, when you are handling guns, you're supposed to keep your finger off the trigger until you actually intend to shoot. And had it been someone 
who, but even Phil Spector who owned guns for around, right? Even Phil Spector owned guns for decades, constantly constantly broke that very simple rule of gun safety where he was constantly waving around constantly literally shooting them off holding them to people's faces and i mean we know so many standards of gun safety that simply are not followed oftentimes when things go wrong um no absolutely you can do it yeah that was the defense's uh argument in in it was one of the the alternate theories right of what could have happened what yeah like theories of, of how the forensics could end up the way they did, um, kind of an alternate model, and even not so specific to like what he said or when he came in, but anything startling, um, even if it was her deciding not to, and she pulls the gun out and it catches, but your fingers are, mm-hmm. and one of the things, this is a, a good segue to one of the pieces of evidence that was excluded at the second trial, was the fact that there was some evidence of suicidal ideation on Lana Clarkson's part, um, which, you know, again, no casting aspersions from me about suicidal ideation or depression. Um, but it does, there were some headlines even from the Rolling Stone being one example that, uh, there simply was no evidence for the defense that she was suicidal. And usually people who kill themselves, are suicidal or there's some evidence that they're depressed and the fact is that there was evidence that she was in a diary from recent dates beforehand and in communications to her friends um some of them talking about what brooke had mentioned in the last episode which was that she had had some roles in hollywood she she was an aspiring bigger actress um and was 40 so mm-hmm. the chances that she was going to be the young starlet that maybe she had aspired to be um based on our sexist system that we live in were probably passed and she was working as a, a hostess yeah. and well that what, plus depression yeah one, one thing that was i thought was uh interesting about reading about her life is yeah she was an actress she did roger corman movies so she did like the b movies of uh you know a uh, death stalker i think being one of them and like the the you know like an amazonian queen like a six yes. she was tall, above six chef. feet she was above six feet tall she was very tall she was very skinny yeah. but she was very tall that's and, funny like, to picture and, with phil specter he was like a yeah. little i know and, and she goblin. was like in terrific shape and she and yes oh, she yeah. was 40 uh she was but very but beautiful. there was a lot of, uh, but more in terms of her own head yeah that this yeah. is something she had expressed um and, but there's also like a lot of also a lot of evidence and showing that maybe she wasn't like uh, like they said, like she was in the middle of doing her taxes, like if she had plans to do an infomercial, she had plans to uh, start a stand up comedy career like she she she'd still like I mean, of course, like uh, I can understand the defense. I mean, not understandably, but I can see why they would. It's their job to like do some sort of like semi character assassination mm-hmm. in that sense. Uh, and maybe they weren't completely wrong, but also like, there's also the other side of, mm-hmm. well, she did have plans to do things. So, like yeah, she was I mean, working yeah. on stuff and she had a very good demeanor about things. She was never like, I'm going to kill myself any minute right now. There was even and, a case, Oh, there's yeah. a gun. So no, like that, that to common me is, is I, I mean, it's hard to know what happened in those two hours. It is Phil tough Spectre. because, yeah. and also with substance because it, and maybe I'm going to out myself as crazier than I intend to, but Every time I read those, whether it be this case or any other case where somebody in 
oftentimes it's in the family or somebody close to the situation says, well, they can't have wanted like been planning to kill themselves because they loaded their car with gas that morning. And like, why would you be planning to live if, but for me, when I'm in those places, depression is a moment to moment struggle. And it's not like it, it can't set on, especially when you add depressants and weird circumstances to the mix that something that you had managed to conquer that morning or last week or for days um, couldn't come back. So but, that to me is like, it, it's not dispositive of suicidal ideation, but the suicidal ideation in her messages and in her diary, which was, I can't go on anymore. Um, that was kept out of evidence, but it did I, exist. I do think, yeah. Well, I mean, but I also do think like, uh, I, I love this, by the way, uh, th this thing that we're back doing. and forth. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. But but I also do think like, uh, imagine like, imagine being Lana Clarkson, imagine being there, uh, you are, you just met th this, this legend, this living legend, the young, hot Phil Spector, <laughs> the old, not hot Phil Spector. And, and you're at his house. Mm -hmm. And, and so mm -hmm. like, she, uh, apparently it seemed that she took an opportunity to yeah. continue to network because that's, that's like the true. business that she's in. So she's in this guy's house. So if anything, I'm thinking like, she probably has big ideas of like where this could lead to, uh, and but instead of like turn on a dime with the likes of Phil Spector that you're like, Oh, I had an opportunity and God damn it. It failed again. And well, Phil Spector, I mean, Phil Spector like is a guy, guy that you never believe this anything. Guy's gonna be says. feeling like yeah. shit. And that's <laughs> been a proven liar. Uh, I think that's through and through. kind of where it comes down to for me is like so, uh, some of the forensic evidence may lean toward this side of the defense, but there's also forensic evidence that leans toward the prosecution's case. And also for me in my non-lawyer brain and my non-reasonable doubt brain, my the logic all points to this being Phil's fault, right? The his history with pointing guns at women and other people, the fact that he was um, extremely intoxicated, and when he was like that, he tended to be very belligerent. Mm -hmm. The fact that he tended to be very like he he, lent, he leaned toward violence. In fact, um, Ronnie Spector, his former wife, uh, testified that he was very abusive toward her. He obviously did not respect women's autonomy, or, or he, that that was. It's not like that was a line he wouldn't cross. Now, oh yeah, again, he's a douchebag for sure. Yeah, no, he kept uh, he kept women hostage. Uh, he. Did point guns at men and women. Uh, Ronnie, uh, of course, uh, being his second wife, had to uh, run, literally run away. And when she tried to get custody of their son, um, she also got a lot of the brunt uh, during the, the custody hearings of like, well, she's an alcoholic and, and she's out of her mind and all these things. So it's kind of like pointing at, oh, hysterical woman over here. Yeah. And Which again, is, not is legal team versus like, right. I don't know that he's that strategic, but I will add if memory serves that her statement about this was more in the vein of accidental probability than that he would physically that shoot he somebody. or yeah. that he like you know again was waving a gun around like he always does or like was yeah. was toying with treating guns with that it's like of like course toys, he did he's an idiot yeah. like extensions of his manhood that he always does and and and, and, and that's what kind of what it comes down to lady. who knows i don't want to think about it but i, that, I what it what it comes down to for me really is whether or not Lana Clarkson had suicidal ideations and as someone who's struggled with depression for years and like understands the both si the, the, the two sides of that where some days you really just don't feel like going on 
but you do you do go on and you decide what do the, the next thing we're but, thinking reasonable doubt right. we're thinking is it possible what it comes down to for me is i do not think lana clarkson would have died had she not been in the room with a with phil philip specter who was very volatile who has this history of of playing with guns, of using them against people, of using them to intimidate people. And that's kind of, again, does it, does it equate to second degree murder? Like you were saying, I don't think so. I do not think it was a situation where he wanted to kill her, but I think his past and like the way that he uses guns as a tool to like manipulate people into doing things shows that he, the the probability is that he very likely did have his hand on the gun or, or, or was res- directly responsible for her death in that scenario. In, in my some eyes. way facilitate it. Yes. Yeah. Which would yeah. be more like, who do we let have guns? Um, potentially civil liability, but we're talking different things mm-hmm. at different levels. Is it like, because you also have to think about her agency and the potential uh, slippery slope of depriving her of like, well, yeah, it was because she was there, but we can't kind of nanny state and this is weird because usually we're in the inverse position (laughs) but we can't like nanny state that you know people can't go to weird people's houses and try to network or maybe think about sleeping with them and then I mean, uh, like we always and like I, we say, like <laughs> don't go to a second location but if you do it's not your like you know it's it's not not necessarily your responsibility is someone, to... someone else does something wrong. Yeah. 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 So, it, but it does get into a gray area of, um, it certainly does, which for the purposes of this episode is, should he have been convicted of second degree murder in the trial as it was, which did not introduce any of the suicidal ideation, didn't introduce a lot of the uh, forensic evidence that would suggest alternate models, didn't suggest even some of the scientific theories mm-hmm, that- yeah introduce the the alternate models um so for that limited purpose of you're right actually Mackenzie has a good point so I I I hereby hope to bring forward maybe you can help me with this like murder in the fill degree like (laughs) a whole different thing you know what I mean because if we can't fit him in a bad dude (laughs) because we can't fit him in a certain box because he's such a as he's such a weirdly shaped guy he's such a character you can't you know, put him in a certain box. So so you're right. You say you're right. So, you know, uh, with this whole trial thing being (laughs) an issue, like where we're not sure exactly how it has to be murder in the field degree. And, uh, and that he's probably civil. I mean, yeah, I I want to wear a robe and a a powdered wig for this. You know, make make Kelly the judge. Let's (laughs) try his corpse because it's probably still pretty fresh. And Um, God knows what somewhere. chemicals were in. Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't think it's been fresh since stuff. 1972. But <laughs> <laughs> he's been slowly pickling it over time, so it's gonna last the forever. They didn't even need to pump that body with formaldehyde. He's yeah, like, it's like a, it's already tanned. It's already yeah, yeah, it's in a glass casing somehow in some yeah. way. And I think like I absolutely do agree with Mackenzie that like even though I do think he was responsible for it, I don't think that he should have been convicted for second degree murder. I think he should have been convicted on a lesser charge. I think sure. he should have gone to prison for it, but not for the length of time that he did. Because to me, it seems far more likely that it was not like an intentional. It was just be really being stupid. So this is what my mom calls felony stupid. That yes. you know, she, I stupid. mean, she's bad because she. We were watching some show. I think we were watching the staircase, and she saw somebody for a second. She's like, "He's always smirking. He should go to death for that." I'm like, okay, well, that's not. <laughs> this is why your mom is not. In, you know, 
But like, is, there a, is, way, the is there a way for like an entire civilization, like a whole society of us to be like, yes, we know he doesn't you know fit necessarily in that box, but you know what? Let's just put him in jail because we know he's that- a dangerous man. And I know my mom is a good person. So I'm like, you're probably right when you say that. But I really don't like that you want to put somebody to death for smirking all the time. Your your mom is a lovely human <laughs> being who just should not be responsible for administering the death penalty for anyone. That's what we've learned here. Yes, let's yeah. take away the death penalty. That's for there sure. There you go. Yeah. But make him like, you know, like make him spend the next 20 years producing a vanilla ice comeback. You know, like <laughs> oh, really that would make be a great hurt. punishment. You know Design I mean? these sentences in ways that Vote really... for Judge Carolina is what I'm, yeah, I'm running God, for yeah. office right I'm now. I'm in. If you were uh, yeah. for mayor, I would County. vote for you. Just so we're clear. <laughs> I, I don't have honestly, the time. I, was I don't want to. Wiener, uh, it, watching that one because I was like, oh my gosh, De Blasi. We got De Blasio because Wiener Wienered himself out of office. Like Wiener couldn't keep it in his pants, and that's why we have De Blasio. And so that that makes me hate him more because I'm like, I liked you. Like, I, why did you do this, Tyra Banks? I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for yeah. you. We should and call the you- De Blasio like a, a guy. Uh, you know, like. Like, uh, you know, you can't come or something, you know, you're just ready and it never works out. It never happens. Yeah. It always stalls. Blasio is constantly edging New York City. We're going to call that <laughs> the de Blasio. The de there Blasio. You go. Wait, can it be edging if you never expected to get anywhere? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that, I don't have, an, I don't have the, uh, how did we get here for this? Anyway, okay, so, uh, <laughs> I'm a beautiful house. Does anyone have closing arguments before we wrap this baby up? Well, please vote for me. My closing argument would definitely be in the sense that like, he had the money to get this amazing representation where uh, it, it kind of, it, you know, spent, like we were spending 20 years and, and more talking about this. So it's obvious that he had this amazing career that he was able to afford this kind of defense to get him so close to freedom. But oh. uh, but but his uh, his charm once again kept him in jail, which is a good thing. And I think he deserved to you know, stay in jail for the rest of his life when he did. Oh, damn. Okay. So you're Carolina's out here. I'm retracting my endorsement of Carolina's judgeship because (laughs) you just said that he is probably not guilty of what he was convicted of, but he deserved to be in jail. (laughs) He, 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 he's guilty you like of my mom. being <laughs> shitty. Um, no, he's guilty of being my an extremely bad person. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to say that I am not, this is how I feel about a lot of people. I'm not mad that they are not on the streets, but yeah. do I endorse their being sentenced by the state At for what yeah. was given? Because also like, yeah, he had a great legal team, but one of them was apparently quote unquote, could not find his way out of a box in a litigation situation because he was a negotiator. That was from the book that you read, Carolina. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, Mick Brown. Uh, it's a, 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 a tearing down the wall of sound. Yes, the rise and you're right. The rise and fall of Phil Spector is a great book. It's a long book. Uh, I read like 90 percent of it for this and also for the Ramon series that we did. So it's really, really good. If you want to keep looking more into it, please. Yeah. So it, that's I mean, out. that's one of his his admittedly very good counsel but a negotiator of settlements not a litigator in trial uh another one lkb had pneumonia for the second trial so couldn't do all the advocacy for the forensic evidence etc um and then i feel like there was one other thing that was different oh oh my gosh yeah so one of his attorneys 
was thrown in jail because she didn't want to violate attorney-client privilege um, in revealing something that an expert did. So not actually Phil Spector, but she believed that it was in furtherance of the attorney-client relationship. The judge disagreed, threw her in jail for contempt of court. Um, and so then she was formal, former counsel. So the representation, even given how good it was, was very different at the second trial. It was sabotaged by outside forces and also yes. by Phil Spector's just being by his... Phil Spector, just being an absolute, just like- Yeah, that was always a liability. Unlikable, crummy human being. So mm. absolutely. Um, well, that's, I honestly really enjoyed this. It was really fun to go it was back fun. and forth. Yeah, and yeah. What this case is and learn and he's more dead about now so uh, nothing yeah, lost doesn't engaged. matter only mm-hmm. satan will judge him now <laughs> yeah and and the music is still very good so go nuts the music's yeah. amazing yes the the chapel of love by the dixie uh dixie cups uh the ronettes the crystals the righteous brothers i mean the beatles i mean he's uh, the music I, I feel like you know sometimes you can't separate the art from the artist but i feel in this case this is one where i can you can't, yeah, I mean, it's up, to, it's up to every, you know, it's up to and every Tina person Turner. individually, but I, yeah. to me personally, I think it's, it's great stuff. And, uh, and, and this is stuff I'll, I'll always listen to, but you know, but oh, I'll yeah. also send him to jail at the same time as judge. You don't yeah. have to, he's dead. <laughs> That's the Carolina the did gavel. it. Carolina, Carolina killed Phil Spector. <laughs> Please, and, you know what? Can I make the title of the episode? This be me on yes. fire. Mackenzie will will defend me. No problem. Oh, I and will. Brooke will. Brooke will speak of my character. So be oh yeah, good. no, I'll I'll, I'll show up campaign, at all the press and, conferences yeah. and be the the charming, charismatic uh, anti Phil Specter just yeah. to really sell you. You'll be like, no, Carolina. You never won't had, wear a crazy I'll be your PR wig. team. You yeah. won't wear a, a villain suit. You exactly. won't fall asleep. That was one of the like mid trial headlines from Rolling Stone was. Can he go through a day without falling asleep at his own trial? <laughs> I will. Oh, I will be awake the whole time. Well, he was apparently he was up. All, he's up all night, so he has to sleep during the day. He's got vampire hours. Well, he got plenty of time to sleep in prison. <laughs> That's true. And now he's dead. And then so, eternal sleep. Eternal sleep. Good. Yeah. All right. All right, Carolina. Where can people find you? Oh, uh, on the uh, bench. Yeah, on the bench, uh, you know, going through one thing <laughs> after another, uh, one case after another. Uh, Carolina Danger Hidalgo on social media, like Instagram and stuff like that. Or just check out No Dogs in Space on La- Last Podcast Network or or my professional friends podcast I have with my friends. And and sometimes we get, give you guys a shout out because you're also my friend. So uh, you we guys are, are both my friends. friends. We all hang out. We're all friends with each other. So I'm really it glad that we get to It has been known to happen. This. Yeah. Yeah. I, this oh, was yeah. so fun having you on. We're so grateful for your yeah, thank Phil Spector you so much. expertise was, and yeah, insight. It was, yeah, great to have a like enlightening background, and also just like great to have a third a third voice chiming in. Yeah, um, on this in the sentencing panel. I mean, yeah, <laughs> on the jury, the Phil Spector mm-hmm. jury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me at Brooke Angeline on Instagram and BKE Rogers on Twitter. I'm gonna let Mackenzie say the Patreon because she knows <laughs> it better than I do. I always screw it up. It is patreon.com slash exceedingly persuasive. There we go. And I am MKZ Joy Brennan on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm get me to a nunnery, but the two is the number two. Um, on our Patreon, we do monthly bonus episodes and we also uh, generally, unless we're doing a cross episode, release early on our Patreon and um, you can always like send us questions on there. We're trying to do more streams and things like that. And we're like planning some more goodies for the future if you are a member of our Patreon. 
Um, We're tech morons and we apologize for that always. We are no. smart in some ways and real dumb Very not in, in other, other ways. <laughs> no, so. this sounds good. I'm going to join you guys as Patreon because actually that sounds like fun. Thank I'm you. You could probably yeah. teach us a thing or two. Yeah, honestly, instead, uh, of, instead of joining our Patreon, can you just like give us some tips and tricks? That'd, that'd be great. I, um, I would love to just, I would love to be a spectator. I, I, I want to be a supporter. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly uh, supporter of this. So thank you. I feel, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening and joining us. Carolina, thank you, you again for Carolina, joining us. To know things. him is to love him. That is, that's it or is it true no it's not i know him is to love him less (laughs) thank you bye gang bye all right that'll it'll